Be in Hebrews chapter number 12. We'll start in verse number 5. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, how many of you are children, uh, children of God? Yes. Son would include daughter, daughter, son. He's talking to his children. Which speaketh unto us as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Uh, for whom the Lord loves, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, now by the way, the newer translations will say, maybe yours if you've got another translation, it'll say correction. Many of them do. If you endure chastening or correction, God deals with you as with sons. How many of you want to be dealt with as a son and not something else? And so he deals with you as with sons. Um, he said, uh, for, I'm going to lose my place here. Whom the Lord loveth, he chased. For here, they were chasing. God deals with him as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth or correcteth not? Talking about the Father God. Uh, but if you be without chastisement or chastening or correction, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Now, that's an old English word that used to not be a, you know, a curse word. But it just means an illegitimate son. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us. So now he's talking about the difference between uh, our Father God and the father of our, fathers of our flesh. We've had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence or respect or regard. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? That's a real revelation right there. Our fathers, I know my mom and dad, they spanked me. Anybody ever get a spanking? <clears throat> If you didn't, yeah, that's, that's your problem right there. <laughs> but uh, a good parent will correct their children. There's more, to, there's more to raising children than correction. How many of you know uh, it's unfair to correct a child for something that they didn't even know they weren't supposed to do? You know? so, so training has to be in place or instruction has to be in place. Uh, and that's a big thing. But then, then sometimes if, if children... Uh, violate those instructions, then there has to be correction. And that's what he's addressing here. We've had fathers of our flesh which corrected us. We gave them regard. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? So he's talking about the different, uh, our natural father versus our spiritual father. And I'll be honest with you, our natural fathers used uh, natural things. Our spiritual father corrects us in our conscience. He's the father of our spirit. He's the father of spirits. Uh, so, you know, you know, you're, you might've got your body from your mom and your dad. In fact, let me rephrase that. You did. You got your body from your mom and your dad, but you, <laughs> you got your spirit from God. The reason you're alive, you wouldn't even, you know, that egg and sperm wouldn't even have conceived if God didn't put a spirit in there. So, um, he's the father of spirits. He said, and I believe what he's referencing here is where he corrects us is, first of all, in our spirits. Yeah. Amen. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but I've been there a number of times where my, my, the Spirit of God in me just, just convicted me real strong. And I got real, real convicted. I had missed it. It wasn't condemnation. You know, condemnations of the devil. There's no condemnation of them that are in Christ. But there is conviction. Yes. Conviction is not, you know, a beat down. No, it's not. Uh, it is actually a, a, it is a uh, awareness, yes. sometimes a, an alarming knowing yes. 
of something that we were wrong in. And we get convicted. Uh, and uh, somebody said, well, you know, I don't, the Lord doesn't convict me about much. Let me, let me rephrase that. You're not listening. We'll help you out a little bit and help you understand you're not listening. I get a little nervous if I go very long without God dealing with me about something. You say, why? I mean, are, are you? No, I'm just, I just know I'm not all that in the bag of chips. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not that much of a humdanger. Like the front row, you know, they're humdangers. But I'm still. <laughs> so we know that, you know, we're not always talking about sin. Sometimes it's just wrong thinking. And uh, so we, we need to recognize here. Let's keep on reading. Verse number 10. For verily, for, uh, for a few days, for they verily, talking about the fathers of our flesh, for a few days chastened us after uh, our own, after their own pleasure. But he, talking about God, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening or no correction for the present seems to be joyous. Man, it's tough sometimes. I'm talking about on the flesh. Man, the flesh can squirm. And that's why some people run away from it. But uh, he said, no, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Right. Nevertheless, afterward, yes. it's got something to do. It, it'll, it'll bear fruit for you here. Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby. In other words, it'll, you'll, be, you'll be thankful for the payout of responding correctly, correctly to correction. Verse number 12, Wherefore, lift up the hands that hang down and feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. So in the context of this, we can see there's healing if we learn to receive correction. So not all healing is just pull this faith lever and push this faith button and make a confession, and out comes the healing out of the heavenly slot machine. Right? Sometimes there's things that has to be dealt with. Not by man, not by humans, not by your wife, not by your husband. <laughs> Amen. But by the Lord. And don't misunderstand me. Sometimes you'll recognize God speaking through your husband, speaking through your wife, speaking through somebody, you know. But really, it's, that's him, not the person. And uh, so, but, um, so he's dealing with that here. And he's saying sometimes this is where healing, uh, this is how healing comes. No wonder Paul said over in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, for this cause, many are weak and sickly. Sometimes there's causes. And uh, we have to be aware of that. Healing to, ministering healing to the world will be different than ministering healing to disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. The world, you'll see things that baffle your mind. God showing out and showing off yes. to people who are living in known sin. Yeah. And you're like, my goodness, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even have healed them. Right. You know what I'm talking about? If I were God, I wouldn't have healed them. But see, he's, he's demonstrating something to them. And I've even seen that in the church, in the body of Christ. But right on the other hand, uh, there's a lot of things that uh, uh, God will heal his people through uh, bringing light, bringing understanding of things that need to be adjusted, not in a condemning way, but just in a way to, to keep us on track with his, 
with his will and so forth. And, uh, and it's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's for our good, in other words. It's not him being mean to us. It's not him being angry with us. It's him keeping us safe. Keeping us on the territory where Satan has no access to us. The Bible says in 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 18, He that is begotten of God keepeth himself. He sinneth not, and he keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. There's a place where the devil can't even touch you. Now, I haven't always gotten the best God had for me. Anybody ever got, anybody here always gotten the best God had for you? No, none of us probably have, but right on the other hand, that doesn't mean we're going to give up on it. There is a place. There is a place where we're kept. Amen. We're kept, uh, but it has to be, it, 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 to stay there, we have to receive these dealings of the Spirit. We have to receive things like uh, instruction. We have to receive counsel and wisdom from Him. We have to, you know, correct ourselves in the light of the Word we hear and the dealings of the Spirit. And they're not always pleasant. Sometimes it, you, can, you can almost seem to crumble to the ground with how, with how, and it's not under condemnation, but it's with, with how, because in, in these times where correction or conviction comes, there's the awareness of how serious yes. what you were doing yes. becomes, it becomes, you just become fully aware of it. Yes. And you're almost shaking, not under fear of God, not you know, like you're afraid of a rattlesnake, but out of the reverence yes. of how, if I would not have, if God would not have shown me that, it could have cost me my life. And you're not afraid of God, but you're thankful and grateful. In a, in a deep, deep way, you're grateful that He loved you enough to uh, spare you the heartache, the, the, the trouble that you were getting ready to get yourself into. And listen, I've had these times where I just, I just fell on... Fell on my face just weeping, saying, God, thank you. Thank you, so much. thank you, thank you, thank you. Sometimes it came through other people, people that speak into my life. And uh, I'm grateful. And uh, it's a safe place to be, to, re- to be in a place where you're constantly able, say able, to receive correction. Because it takes correction, the, the ability to receive correction, uh, it reveals our hearts. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, um, but correction is a rescue. Correction uh, keeps a man on course. You know, when you're going down the road, you're just constantly correcting with the steering wheel. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not always dramatic. Just if, you, if, you, if you're constantly correcting with little corrections, there, there, has to be, there doesn't come any dramatic corrections. Uh, dramatic corrections are situations where people weren't listening enough to just make the little adjustments. You know, and making the little adjustments will, will keep us from the place where we're just, we're just, uh, we're just, we're just safe. Amen. So, um, but anyway, corrections are really something that we should love. Correction is our friend. It's not God being mean to us. 
You ever notice that this verse says whom the Lord, let's look at it again. Verse six, you notice that? He talks about correction and then verse, he says not to despise it in verse five. For whom the Lord, verse six, the Lord loveth, he correcteth. King James says chasteneth, that means correct, and scourge every son. So correction is a flow of God's love. It's not God being angry with us. Amen. Um, you know, we, we sometimes, as, as people in leadership, this is, this is a part of leadership. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, not because we want to be the big cajon and go around just correcting every little thing. No, there's a lot of things that just aren't important to say anything about. Yes, but but uh, when it becomes a serious deal or something has to be addressed, um, uh, uh, Sometimes leadership has to take that place of speaking into staff's life or leadership's life or department head's lives or somebody. And uh, in order to keep, the, and, and, and if people are insecure or have a, you know, inferiority complex or don't know who they are in Christ or they were trained as a child to respond emotionally to correction, they will turn it into something that it's not. It's actually something to, it's not us saying we don't like them. It's not us saying we don't want you on staff. It's us saying we want you on staff, but this has to change. That's why we're saying it because we want you to be on staff. If we didn't want you to be on staff, we'd just fire you and say, we can't, we can't have that. You know what I'm talking about? But people's insecurity, people's, you know, they get emotionally involved in things and they take it personally. You know what I'm talking about? And that, that changes everything. They turn it into something that it's not. It's not meant to be personal. It's not meant to hurt. It's, not, it's meant to keep you safe. Amen. You know, and, and correction has to be done right by those that do it. It has to be done in love. It has to be approached. Let me help you with something here. Uh, it, it's not done in anger. In fact, I've missed it before uh, because I got hot about something and I corrected too fast. Nowadays, I usually, unless I can get a hold of myself and, and I, I'm hearing clear enough from the Spirit of God to know exactly what the issues are right here that are happening right now and what the spiritual roots of these things is, I, usually if I don't know all that, I wait a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And sometimes I have to wait because I want to be fair, yeah. you know, and I have to think about now where they, where they said, was anything said to them about this? Is it fair to even correct them? Because if they didn't know, it's not, it's not appropriate to correct. It's appropriate to instruct. Yes. You understand? So there's things that people in leadership have to work out, and sometimes they might not be able to address it immediately. You understand that? Uh, and sometimes, you know, I've missed it because I've responded, or let's put it this way, reacted in anger. And that's dangerous. I've had the Lord flatten me on the carpet about that one right there. And he corrected me. Yes. Amen. Amen. I remember something I said in a service one time. Some of you might remember this. Uh, I just nailed somebody. And uh, the Lord spoke to me when I went home. He said, you better, he said, the next service, if you don't get up and publicly repent to the whole congregation about what you said. He said, and he mentioned a man who was turning violent and angry. He said, that spirit, you will open the door to that spirit getting in your church. And he said, you will destroy your church. You know what I did next service? I publicly repented. Amen. That's serious stuff. Amen. 
See, uh, everybody, all of us have to be corrected. We've not, none of us are perfect. And so, but these corrections are rescues. They're to keep us safe. They're to keep us on course. They enable us to continue to be used by God. Amen. How many of you want to continue to be used by God? Amen. You know, the ability to receive correction is, it shows God and spiritual leadership too. It shows them many things. It shows them what's in a person's heart. I said the ability to receive correction. Keep smiling. It's all good. <laughs> Amen. I'm not going to land on anybody today. All right. So I'm just, this has been something been stirring in my heart. Amen. It shows that uh, if, if, if we receive, can receive correction, it shows we have the ability to be used more. If we can't receive correction, it shows we've gone as far as we can go in being able to be used in helps ministry, in the local church, leadership, so forth and so on. Amen. How I many of you know it also shows humility? The first reaction to, to correction is the fleshly nature of pride. Well, I don't have to take that from you, you know. <laughs> Anybody ever felt that? I'll say amen for you. <laughs> amen. It shows humility. I'm, what, 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 what I mean? Being able to receive correction. It's one thing to, uh, for somebody to bring correction. It's another thing for us to be able to receive it. And I'll be honest with you. I don't care who, th who God's talking through. If it's God, I'm going to receive it. I'm going to receive it. I've had just, just conversations with people that, you know, they're not in ministry or anything, but they just mentioned something, and as soon as they mentioned it, I, that, I got convicted. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm like, you know what? They, they thought it was just them talking, but that was God talking to me. Amen. And I get it right. It might not always pertain to them. I might not say anything to them, but I get it right. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I'm just wanting to be right. Anybody want to be right? I'm not, in, I'm not in fear of not being right. I'm not walking around like I'm just assuming that I'm just all messed up and I need a whole bunch of correction. But yet, right on the other hand, I'm not in arrogance to believe that, uh, you know, that me and God, we, we just think, think alike about everything. Miss <laughs> Sandra, am I preaching all right? <clears throat> How many of you know there's probably some things he'd like us to think a little different about? You know, you can have certain, uh, what's the word, certain bend in your personality. Um, and, and I know what they are for me. You probably know what they are for you. That that part of your personality will get you in trouble if you're ruled by your personality rather than the Word of God. I can tell you all about what mine are. We can all probably... Say, there's an area here of my personality that, man, I got to stay on top of that because if I, if I yield to that rather than be a doer of the word, it's going to get me in trouble. Amen. And so, uh, but the ability when somebody has something in their heart to say to us, spiritual leadership, uh, God through spiritual leadership sometimes. Now, somebody said, well, why would it, why, why can't I get everything just from God? 
Well, for the same reason, God doesn't always just directly speak to me either about some things. Because I got blind spots. Well, Pastor, we need to pray for you. Yeah, we need to pray for you too. There are things all of us readily and willingly receive from God directly, and He'll talk to us all about it. But there are other things we're just really not open to Him saying anything to us about. He's tried 17 times. I'm not just talking about you. But, but we're just not open to that. So he'll have someone come and say it. You know what I'm talking about? And sometimes you can, you, you can, you can know it's right and you're sitting there making a decision. Am I going to act like I don't know anything about what they're talking about? Or am I just going to humble myself? And do like the woman, you know, the Syrophoenician woman, truth, Lord. Truth. My, my, my. My God, it's true. I know it's true. I'm not talking about condemnation. I'm just talking about areas that the Lord's dealing with us about. Conviction. Amen. And how we respond to correction shows whether God can talk to us about other things. Uh, if we can't receive what he's saying right now, we will never get, he won't even say things about the next steps ahead. He'll wait for us to respond to this because you know, Jesus is or God, God and Jesus are just like Jesus instructed us to be. He said, don't cast your pearls before swine. What does that mean? There are things, remember he said, there's things I long to say to you, but you can't bear them now. Remember that? There are things in all of our lives that, that boy, it would help us a whole lot if we could just hear it. I said our lives. So don't get offended at me this morning. It would help us tremendously if we could just hear it. Well, God, if it would help us. My goodness, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Just tell me the truth, Lord. Well, if we could handle it, he would. And sometimes he has to wait till we're ready to hear it. Well, why doesn't he tell me? Because we, we wouldn't receive it anyway. He doesn't cast his pearls before swine. That's why he told us not to cast our pearls. What is a pearl? A valuable truth. A valuable, uh, it, it could be other things as well as the truth, but it could be anointings and so forth, but a valuable truth that, you know, the Bible said, you'll know the truth, the truth will make you free, that would help us and help us to grow, help us to progress spiritually, help us to uh, have better fellowship with God, help us to, to uh, you know, be, be counted more faithful and more usable to Him, that if we could hear it, it would do all that for us. But we're just not ready to hear it. How many of you know it's the same way with raising natural children? Uh, there's progression. There's things they don't understand. Things they, you can tell them they wouldn't get it if you told them. Because they're not mature enough to. Just like in the natural school studies. Math and science and so forth. Nobody starts them out, you know, in kindergarten or first grade talking about calculus. Just no use even talking about it. Amen. But as you grow spiritually... God will bring up things that he hasn't said anything about. 
your whole Christian walk. Come on, tell me I'm all right. Tell me, tell me the truth. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just being worked over myself right now. And I just figured if it's good for me, it's good for you. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. The spirit of faith is getting, and the whole ministry is getting ready to transition into some new things. And I'm finding God working me over. I told Pastor Nancy this week, I said, I've been renewing my mind since 1985. And uh, it seems like in the last year or so that I've been finding more wrong thinking. In the last year, then I have the whole 15 last years before that put together. And I'm like, whoa, that's wrong thinking. Whoa, that's wrong thinking. Why is that? It wasn't, it wasn't that that wasn't there before. It was that uh, to go where I'm going, he has to deal with that. And it's true for all of us. It's not always sinful. It's just it, God can't work with that kind of thinking. Or he, he you know, that kind of thinking will make you zig when he's zagging. Amen. And so we need to be okay with that. Hallelujah. And uh, let God, and, and be humble about it. If God can trust us with these things, he can take us on into what he really has planned for us. He's got some great things planned for us. Wonderful things. It's like leadership in, in, in ministry. God will work with people. And, you know, I use the term render the Lord. You heard me use that term. He'll render the Lord. Uh, in, in, a, in a person's life to where the uh, bad attitudes come to the top and he skims them off. Uh, he'll, he'll work on us until we're, we're, we're not full of pride about how God uses us in the anointing. Excuse me. Uh, he'll work with us all kinds of things. Uh, you, know, you know what they are for you. I know what they are for me. But he just, he just brings things to the light and brings things to the surface. And you look at it and you go, that's ugly. <laughs> you know, but it's me. You know what I'm talking about? Ugly, but it's me. But he brought it to my attention not to condemn me because he wants me to skim it off. The word, the Bible says in Hebrews uh, 12, Hebrews 4, excuse me, verse number 12, it talks the word, it says the word is a sharp two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing center of soul and spirit, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word discerner means a revealer. You can be meditating on the word and a verse you've always thought you understood, God start talking to you about it and you're going, oh, oh, that's, oh, that, I see some things I need to make adjustments on. And, and, and it, it'll be correction, not, not, not a beat down. How many of you know, you start taking... You start beating yourself up and, uh, you know, condemning yourself about something. And the devil will come along and he'll help you beat yourself up. You're hitting yourself on the head with a hammer. You've heard me say. And he'll come along and he'll say, that hammer's not big enough. Here, take this one. You're uglier than you think you are. Here, take this one. <laughs> That's not God. That's not God. God's not beating you up, but he will deal with you. I'm not the only one, right? So how we handle that, because look at verse number five again. <clears throat> You've forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Notice he's addressing there how we respond to correction. 
Don't despise it. Don't faint. Well, let's address the faint one first. Don't faint. What does that mean? That means give up. Collapse into a puddle of tears. Say, I can't do this. I'm just, I'm just, I don't, I don't have what it takes. I'm just, I'm just, I can't, I can't. Just because of a little, hey, I didn't like the way you spoke to your wife. Or, Amen. Or leadership comes along and says, hey, we told you to do it this way. What are you doing that way for? I just can't. Everybody's so mean. They expect too much out of me. That's called fainting. I said, that's called fainting. Giving up. We're not give up people. We're, we're get up people. I mean, if we see something that needs to be changed, if somebody helps us to see something that needs to be changed, uh, especially if they have that kind of voice in our life, then we say, you're right. You're right. I'm wrong. Forgive me. It'll not, it'll not happen again. It won't, I won't do that again. And it's over. Boy, that's refreshing when it's over. <laughs> but people take it personally. They take it into their emotional realm. Uh, and they, they want to become emotional about things. That's why I appreciate the way I grew up. My, my parents didn't spare the rod. You know what I mean? They weren't mean, but they didn't spare the rod. I knew they loved me and... You know, it was, it was evident. But right on the other hand, they didn't spare the rod when I needed it. Um, and, uh, but they, they made me, they taught me. My mama, I remember my mama said, now, the way you respond to this determines whether you get another spanking. You know what I'm talking about? Man, I thought my mama's rough. But she was helping, she was preparing me for life. And, and the way I grew up, that's the way I was trained. You just take your licking like a good Timex watch. You take your licking and you keep on ticking. You're right. Isn't that the way that commercial used to go? Amen. And you, uh, you suck it up. Hallelujah. Life's not over. I didn't die. Amen. Glory, there's more good living ahead. Praise the Lord. Especially now that I've corrected myself. <laughs> and then that, and, 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 and uh, also, I grew up, I had four brothers and sisters, five of us total, two, two brothers, two sisters, and we, uh, we, we picked on one another. Nobody else did that, right? But, but I'm thankful for that because it got all the touchiness out of me. Some people, I feel bad for them because they were raised, nobody, nobody got the touchiness knocked out of them. And they're touchy about everything. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> Listen, I could tell you stories. I don't always tell everything because I don't want to be talking about certain individuals, but their stories. I can tell you of young men, I can tell you stories of young men at, in their 30s dead and in the grave, and they're in the grave dead at 30-some years old for one reason, is nobody corrected them. Their mama and their daddy never corrected them. They could do no wrong. They were mommy and daddy's pet. They, mommy and daddy were, were, were friends, not parents. 
And people are, I don't mean to be mean. I mean, you know, some, sometimes people take me wrong, but I'm just, just addressing one side of it. People at the funeral crying, and oh, it's a terrible thing situation, and mama's crying. And I'm standing there, and I, I'm, not, I'm not being mean about it. I'm, just, I'm not saying anything about it, but I'm standing there thinking, he's in the grave, mama, because of you. Because of you. Unless you're honest, you never get any help. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Are you glad you came this morning? So, um, correction reveals things in people's hearts that can't be seen in any other circumstances. Only in correction. There are people we have on staff that I trust very highly. And I'll tell you the main reason why is because they have been through many corrections and just sucked it up. And they didn't get wrong-hearted about it. They took it. And, and they, they didn't, you know, it didn't take them three days to get over it. And some things were rough. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, rough like this. We're going home and deciding whether you got a job here anymore or not. That's the truth. And uh, they said, yes, sir. Prayed about it. And the Lord said, no, don't fire them. Because they'll, they'll make it through. They, they'll make the adjustment. And, and, and they've been through that. Listen, I mean, that's sobering. But I trust them because of that. It reveals what's really on the inside of them. People that can't handle that, they're not safe. Tell your neighbor that's good preaching whether you like it or not. Amen. The greatest reward, you ought to write this down. The greatest reward for receiving correction is not what you get, but who you become. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know if that means to you what it means to me. It's not what you get, it's who you come. Correction will get you some things. Correction will get you healed. Oh, yeah. Correction will get you, 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 you out of some pickles. You know what I'm talking about? It gets you out of some situation. It'll save your life. Correction. But it's not just what you get that is the greatest reward of correction. It's who you become. Hallelujah. You, you develop in character. You develop in Christ-likeness. Amen. You get things, you know, washed out of you, knocked out of you that uh, we're actually hindering the blessings of God. That's why God corrects us. He wants to remove hindrances to his blessings. He's not against us. How many of you know if God be for us, who can be against? He's not against us. He's for us. And correction is not somebody being against us. It's not God being against us. It's somebody saying, somebody loving us enough to risk their relationship with us. Amen. In order to, uh, to, in order to have a better relationship in the future if somebody can, 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 can receive it. Amen. Hallelujah. So when somebody fails to receive correction, they're missing an opportunity to grow in character. It's a wonderful opportunity to grow in character. Hallelujah. Are you still glad you came this morning? But I want you to see this passage here in Hebrews addresses our response to correction. This is what we have to learn and be trained in. Yes. 
We don't know how to do this just because we got saved. Response to correction is learned, whether it's the right one or the wrong one. Emotional response to correction is learned. That's why parents ought to say, no, no, I'll give you a little bit of time to cry, but you, you stop that, you know, an hour and a half later, poop, you know, got your lip poked out. That isn't going to fly here at the Eberly house. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother, Brother Tim and Vanessa, you listening? No. <laughs> Something tells me they got it together in that area. <laughs> Hallelujah. But notice how much this, this addresses response. Uh, he, he says here, verse number six, or verse number five, excuse me. He said, despise not. Despise not thou the correction of the Lord. We use the word despise differently than the Bible uses it. I'll give you an example. In the Old Testament, the Bible says Esau, remember Jacob and Esau, and Esau, uh, I mean, uh, Jacob stole Esau's birthright. You remember that? Uh, Esau gave it up, really. Yeah. Wasn't Jacob stole it. He gave it up because the Bible said, this is he, uh, another place, it says he despised his birthright. Yeah. But if you read the story in the Old Testament, you don't see Esau. Our idea of despise is we, we go, yuck, ugh, sort of like a, a dead cat, you know, it's just like, stinks, ah. Right? Yeah. That smell, I despise that smell. That's our idea of despise. But God said Esau despised his birthright. We don't have in the, in, the, in the account in the Old Testament, we don't have any record of Esau going, yuck, this old birthright, I can't stand it. That wasn't what he did. He just came in from the field hungry. Or, or you know, what I'm talking about. And Jacob said, well, you know, I'll give you my birthright, if, so forth. You know, how just change it for a pot of chili or whatever it was bean soup and uh he sold it to him for a pot of beer for something to eat <clears throat> that's despising you know what that definition of despise really would be then just failing to see the value of something he failed to see the value of his birthright to him it was worth no more than a bowl of soup just whenever you come in from a long day and you're hungry. Amen. That's despising. And he said, don't despise correction. So he's saying, don't fail to see the value of correction. What is the value of it? It, is, it can save your life. It can keep you usable to God. It can, it can get you healed. It can qualify, receiving it, can qualify us to being used further by God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't despise it. Don't faint. Don't fall into a heap of emotions. Amen. Crying. Saying no one loves me and having a pity party. Amen. That's called fainting. And it, it could be despising it. Why are we told to endure correction? Um, because it's not easy. If it, would e if it would be easy, God, said, God would have said, it's a piece of cake. Don't even worry about it. But it's not. Anybody ever been there? Of course, we've all been there. And sometimes it's like, ooh, ooh. Right? 
And, and uh, if it, that's why he said over there, no, no chastening seems to be, back there in verse number 11, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. In other words, nobody jumps up and down and dances in the Holy Ghost. Amen. No. You ever been called to the principal's office whenever you were a kid? I don't know how they did it in your school. In my school, I, I, I went to a Christian, in later years, went to a Christian high school, and they would call your name over the PA system. The whole school knew J-Boy was called to the principal's office. And everybody, when you came out, man, they're all, they're all, they're all giddy. He got caught. He got caught. But I wasn't giddy. Oh, Maya, you were good all the time. You didn't get caught. <laughs> It's testimony time. Let's do some testimony. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's the old man. Huh? That's the old man. Most of the time, she was good. That's right. That's right. We know no man after the flesh, right? But uh, no, I didn't come out of the principal's office dancing in the Holy Ghost. I came out. I came out real tender, like you know, just like. You're walking a little, little different for a while. <laughs> Hallelujah. So a failure to receive correction causes us, causes us to get stuck. Because his correction is designed to remove hindrances for the progression of, our plan, of the plan of God for our lives. Anytime you uh, aren't willing to receive correction, just ask yourself, is this where I want to get stuck in life? So we have to learn to receive correction. Amen. So proper response is a learned thing. Learn not to get emotional. Now, that doesn't mean anybody that cries a little bit, they're, they're wrong for it. But you don't know what I'm How many of you know people that go on and on emotional? That ain't right. That isn't right. Amen. Hallelujah. Learn that the flow of correction for our lives is just as valuable as the flow of dancing in the Holy Ghost and laughing. Remember, despise not. In other yeah. words, don't fail to see the value. Yeah. People see the value of the joy of the Lord. Yeah. You know, gets me over depression and so forth and so on. I need that. And we do. We do. God has that for us, the joy of the Lord. But, but this flow is just as valuable. Yeah. This flow. Amen. Not a lot of amens on that, but it is. Amen. Just as valuable. I've had this save my life. In fact, I just had a situation, I'm convinced, it has the potential anyway, of saving my life. I remember whenever the Lord spoke to me about connecting up with Dr. Dufresne. You know, people have opinions about that and had opinions about that. I got ministry friends that have opinions about that. Still to this day. Tried to get back in fellowship with them and they sort of snubbed me, you know. I just loved them. I don't mean I'm mad at them or anything, but, but, but they have opinions about it. 
But their opinion means nothing to me. Because when he connected, connected me with Dr. Dufresne, he said, there, he said, you obeyed me and it's going to save your life. What people think is just that. It's what they think. They didn't hear that from God. And listen, if they didn't hear it, I can understand how they might not understand. But right on the other hand, it means nothing to me. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Their opinion means nothing to me. I don't mean I'm mad at them or mean towards them or, you know, I, I call them sometimes, just love on them and so forth. But, but right on the other hand, uh, what they think doesn't really matter. Now, people, you, people say that and they say that in the big way. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. All of us ought to have somebody in our life that it matters what they think. But that doesn't mean everybody. It matters to us what everybody thinks. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have to learn this. Praise God. Hallelujah. Correction or receiving correction is uh, one of the benefits is it restores accuracy in living, realigns us with the Word of God and the plan of God for our lives. I want to be accurate and in the plan of God. Listen, there's not enough money in the world to pay for the safety you get through being accurate in the plan of God. The plan of God is a safe place. And uh, being... being uh, being uh, hearing from the Spirit of God concerning how to walk out the steps of that plan. Not getting in your own thinking is, a, is, a, is worth more than you got money, in, more than money in the world. Hallelujah. Plan of God's your safe place. There's protection there. Amen. The enemy's restrained there. He can't just do everything he wants to do there. Hallelujah. No wonder the Lord said, you know, you obeyed me, it's going to save your life. Somebody said to me one time, they said, what does that mean, it's going to save your life? I said, I don't know, and I don't really care, because I obeyed him, and it saved me from it. Well, doesn't that scare you? No. What's scary is disobedience, not obedience. Obedience is safe. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's something better than, you know, getting into, get, getting in your own thinking and doing your own thing and getting into disobedience and getting into trouble because you get on the devil's territory and he attacks you and then, you know, repenting and getting restored from that. There's something better than that. It's just being kept by the power of God and never getting on that territory. That's what, our, that's what we should all shoot for. Well, I'm not getting real far, but I'm just, I'm just obeying how it comes out of my heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I'll say this. As you progress in the plan of God for your life, the Lord will deal with you about things that he had not dealt with you about in previous seasons in a less mature state of spiritual growth. Amen. You do that with your children, right? And uh, so, so to stay in a place of protection from the enemy, stay, say it out loud, stay, because we might be there, but we want to stay there. Right? To stay in that place of protection from the enemy, we have to continually be willing to hear from God and then deal with what he says to us. Because we want to stay in that place where we, the devil, the, the restraint of the enemy is, is always there. What do I mean, restraint of the enemy? You know, Israel, they were protected from all those snakes in the wilderness until they disobeyed and complained. And that could be something God deals with us about, complaining. 
God shows us what his plan is. Like, like I sometimes, you, you might not, maybe you would understand it, but sometimes I, I'm, cause I'm, I can be a real homebody, but God has us doing things, traveling with pastor Nancy and so forth and doing things uh, on the road and other things. But, and I sometimes struggle just to get out of the house and stay and know that I'm going to be sleeping in a hotel for four or five days. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But what's that have to do with yeah. what God said? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So we want to stay because those things can, can, we can complain about those things and be unwilling and then get into disobedience and have to be corrected in order to save us from what the enemy is going to try to do. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Just, just keep looking straight ahead. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So whatever he's dealing with us about, uh, and, and, and you might say, well, he didn't deal with me about that before. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Hallelujah. Where you were in the previous season was sufficient to protect you there, but it won't be sufficient to protect you where you're going. As we go further, we become more and more of a target for the enemy. I don't know if you know that. Now you do. <laughs> you become more and more a target for the enemy. And he wants to take out laborers. He wants to take out those that are, you know, being prepared to be skillful laborers. So he's looking for an opportunity. I don't know if you remember the Lord dealt with me. Uh, I, I, I shinned up a tree like I was still 20 years old back, back there when we lived in Coralville to put up a deer stand and fell out. And I really believe I broke my back. I never went to the doctor about it, but I'm, I never felt pain like that in my life. Um, and I landed and uh, remember that big hole I had in my arm. Some of you remember. But anyway, I went to the hospital and got it all doctored up. And I believe I was healed because I just called on the Lord for mercy. Uh, Lord, Lord, have mercy on me. I, 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 I believe I broke my back. And, and I, felt the, I felt it start to fade away. I don't have proof of it, medical proof, but I really, I really sense I did. And so I believe he healed me. But anyway, the, uh, the, the, and I got, went to the hospital and got this all stitched up. And then I'm, it was late. I got home maybe, I don't know, 1 o'clock in the morning or something like that. I wanted to go to sleep. And I laid down in the bed, got a shower and laid down in the bed. And I'm like, I'm so tired. And the Lord said, I want to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> and I knew if I lay here, I'm going to fall asleep. So I got up and I went somewhere where I wasn't going to fall asleep. <clears throat> and he started talking to me. He said, <laughs> "Woo, boy, it was rough. He said, the further you, I'm paraphrasing, but the further you go in the plan of God, the more of a target of the enemy you are. Therefore, he said, if you keep doing foolish things, and that's what I had done, done a foolish thing. And don't use wisdom. It'll open the door to the devil. And he said, I called you and given you a healing ministry. And he said, the devil would love to have you in a wheelchair with a call to a healing ministry. So he said, you can't do things. You, you have to be wise. You can't do unwise things. Amen. Amen. Woo. Yeah. Woo, that was rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Feel that? That's conviction. So, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, did you get anything out of that this morning? I just got through my introductory notes. I didn't even get to the, get to the big notes. This is a flow of God's love for us. Say that out loud. It's a flow of God's love for us. Tell your neighbor, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me. He loves me, he loves me, he loves me. Amen. A wise man would rather be corrected by God than get out on the devil's territory and let him correct us. Yeah. Because God will start with just the conviction of our hearts. And, and that's what pulls us back. You know what I mean by pulls us back? Uh, it's better to get corrected that way than to get on the enemy's territory. The enemy attack us and we have to deal with something that God never intended being in our life. Never intended being in our life. But we got to deal with it now. You know what I'm talking about? And the enemy's sitting and laughing at us. So a wise man. Tell your neighbor, I'm a wise man. You don't want to be in the enemy's hands. No, you don't want to be. God's merciful. The enemy will hit you with no mercy. Amen. So love this. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, I love being corrected. Amen. See, a lot of people look at it as a negative thing. It's not a negative thing at all. It's, re it's really our help. It's our safety. Amen. Praise the Lord. Stand to your feet with me. You know, God longs to bless. He longs to be good to us. But he needs us sometimes to get the hindrances out of the way. Amen. Anybody see anything while we were sharing? Anybody see anything the Lord's dealing with you about? Let me correct the rest of you. No. <laughs> correct you and say, Be, pay more attention in church. You know what I'm talking about? There, there's things that all of us. Now, listen, we have to divide. We have to learn to divide between what the enemy is beating us up about with condemnation. Remember, we just preached on that. Pastor Nancy preached on that in camp meeting. We got to know the difference between that and what we know the, the, the Spirit's convicting us about. How many of you know the Lord gives us time to get things right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. It first happens in the conscience of a man. Amen. If we deal with it there, we'll save ourselves all the heartache of getting on the devil's territory.